Hi, my name is Michael Womera, and you're listening to the Mountain Movers Podcast. Welcome back. In this episode, I chatted with Michael Womera, a standout artist as well as a driving force in the Black Lives Matter movement. It's time to open our ears, our minds, and our hearts to what we may not know. I'm using my voice, my platform, my privilege in the best way I can. This is Michael. Listen to him. Learn from him. Feel him. So cue that intro in three, two. This is the Mountain Movers Podcast, a platform for you. The ones with a voice to be heard, but no microphone to speak it. This is your time. Your chance to become more than they believe you are. More than you believe you are. So let's do this. Together. Hey Michael, how you doing? I'm doing well today. My voice is a little raspy because of the protest yesterday, but I'm here to speak my piece to bring the peace. How about yourself? Um, you know what? I'm doing well. I'm very grateful to have this platform to be able to talk, to be able to educate, and to be able to learn myself. And that's mm. ultimately what I am looking for here. I'm looking to um, heighten my education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess my first question for you is what has been going through your mind, let, let's say, the last week? Okay. So the last week, all right, so let's, I guess we can start from the beginning of all this, of uh, where this fire kind of sparked from all the friction that has been building up for years. Um, so I remember uh, Ahmed's uh, uh, case in terms of like him going for a jog and those uh, three individuals uh, shooting him. Um, I remember watching that video and personally, like I used to, I jog in the morning, you know, and I remember um, seeing that and you know, the thing is about it is that when you see that as a black male, as a black person, you know, it's not like that could be me, you know, it's not that, oh, that's him. That is you, you know, that is me. That is me on a jog shot and killed for no reason, but the color of my skin. Right. So I remember uh, like going for jogs and like, my breath was heavy, my chest was heavy, and my legs were like, just my body was like numbing because it's like I would see people around me and I'm like, is this what you think of me? You know, is this the standard in which you hold me just by the color of my skin? You know, um, and that was deteriorating my mind. But I tried to just, you know, focus and amplify uh, the work that I'm trying to do, the work that I'm trying to create. Um, so that was going on. And then I remember, you know, I'm focusing on, uh, my, the classes that I'm taking online, trying to get those done. And then I hear of the George Floyd, uh, case and what happened. And, you know, I didn't even have to finish the video to know what had happened to him. I didn't have to finish the video to hear the pain that he had because it was apparent from the beginning, because I've seen it time and time again. Ever since I was in high school, hearing the first case of Trayvon Martin, who died with a pack of Skittles because, you know, he was looking, quote unquote, suspicious and died because of that, um, these feelings have been there, right? 
these things have been happening. And also, pe- black indigenous people have been talking about this. They have been trying to raise awareness about this. But it's just that people were not listening. And the cost of people not listening were lives were lost, innocent lives. So I remember sitting there, um, seeing that, like, the first couple seconds of the video and just turning off my phone and just putting it aside. And I couldn't, like, enough. And I know people have been saying enough is enough, but I mean it when I say this. Like, enough is enough, you know? And when I say, like, the friction has been rubbing, right? The friction has been running for rubbing for generations, for years, right? right? Since colonialism, since the system was put in place, friction has been rubbing. And it has gotten to the point where it is just too hot that the fire has been sparked, right? So that's what that did for me at that moment. As if there was not an, enough fire before, now it is just, it is fuming. And so I remember just sitting there, and everything that was I was trying to work with before just came back up. Everything. Everything in my life. All my interactions. How this system has treated me, my family, and my friends within my community. You know? How much of their mental health has been deteriorated because of it. How much of the indigenous people who have been facing injustice for so long on the reserves. Right? Everything just came up in that moment. And... I had to kind of just sit down and, like, take a break from it. Um, the first day was kind of, like, me in shock, you know, not really being able to process a lot. Um, and then the next day, I remember that entire day, if I'm being quite honest, like, I was just breaking down. I was breaking down minute after minute, hour after hour, all day long. Because it hurts it's a lot of pain, you know? And it's a pain in which white people will not understand. A pain in which other people of color, you know, will not understand. Because the treatment of black indigenous people within this system have been unjust. And because of that, a, lives, a lot of lives have been lost. And that's now what, this is now like, now this is why we are saying we cannot stop, you know? Lives depend on this. Yes, we got those uh, officers um, persecuted for what they did, you know? We got, a, we got them charged, and now they're arrested in jail, right? But the system is still intact. The system is the one in which perpetuates this discrimination, this racism. It was built to be racist because it was meant to, it was built to bolster the white society and oppress other marginalized communities, right? Um, So that is what needs to be dismantled. And when we tell people, when we're constantly telling people, do the work on yourself, keep pushing forward. Keep putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations, right? We're trying to say, look where your privilege lies. See where your privilege connects to the racist system that's been put in place. Because I guarantee you, that system that gives you privilege has put a a certain kind of uh, element into your consciousness that gives you racist tendencies, you know? And it's not about saying, oh, you know, I'm not racist. uh, I'm not... 
I would never, I, I love black people. I love black culture. You know, I have black friends. It is not about that. It is not about that. It's time to look at it in the face and be like, how do I dismantle you? You know, how do I put in this work? Once you start putting the connections together with where your privilege lies within the system and how it oppresses other communities, then we can start pushing forward to dismantle where those things lie, right? We can start saying, okay, you know what? We don't need this. Defunding the police. Give it to other communities so we can support them in terms of resources, mental health resources, right? Affordable housing, et cetera, et cetera, right? This is why we're saying keep putting, keep keep working on that on that uh, that change. You know, keep putting yourself in those uncomfortable situations. If a person of color, right, comes up to you and says, "What you're doing, I believe, is racist." It's not about saying, "Oh no, 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 no." I've been doing this, 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 and this. There's no way. You know, I've been trying so hard. I've been having those conversations, right? Because that, in essence, is white fragility, okay? And people who are in those situations simply just need to take a step back and hear what that person is saying because their experience is valid and they deserve to be heard, right? And so it's not about making it about yourself. It's not about you. It's not entirely about you. Just hear them out. Have a conversation. Be like, I'm sorry you feel that way. What can I do to what can I do to work on that? You know? I apologize if it made you feel that way. That was not my intent. I will work on this. Right? This is how we continue this dialogue. Right? Because this is out of love. This movement we have to remember and remind ourselves is out of love. Okay? Because at the end of the day, we are the human race. Okay? This is not a political problem. It is not. It is not. This is not politics. This is not just politics. It's a humanitarian problem. Right? And that's why we're saying Black Lives Matter. We're tired of this. We are tired. We are hurt. We are in pain. We are frustrated. I feel we are all, we are all frustrated. But we have to turn that frustration into action. We can no longer be, we can, no, we can no longer have nice white people, you know? Because having nice white people has still put us in this situation, right? We need anti-racist white people. We need anti-racist individuals, right? We need people constantly working on anti-racism. It's not enough to be not racist. You have to be actively anti-racist. And I'm sure it sounds like a broken record because I know a lot of people have been hearing this, right? But we're going to keep saying this mm. until this action keeps being pushed forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. So I can just imagine that this week has been heavy, mm -hmm. but it sounds like that you're in the... Uh, right state of mind to keep this fire lit and i mean you're saying that the fire is lit how do we go about keeping it lit how do we go about continuing the momentum that we've picked up even just over the last week mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. 
to keep this fire lit, people have to keep rubbing the friction within themselves, right? Change is not comfortable. Change is not kumbaya, holding hands together in a circle and singing songs, right? right? Change is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable because you are challenging, okay, the ideology that you have been uh, built up with, been raised with since you were a child, right? You have been told your entire life this is okay by your loved ones, by the people around you, right? But those same people are the ones who hold privilege and who profit off the system, okay? And so to keep that fire burning, right, you have to break the walls within your consciousness, the walls in which give you privilege, you know? You have to keep tearing them down one by one. And it's, and it's not going to be easy. It's not easy work, right? It's not going to be comfortable. Because things in which you thought were innocent will not become innocent. And then you'll reflect upon how you thought you were innocent within so many times within your life, right? And that does weigh uh, a weight on your mind, on yourself, on your being, on your humanity, right? Because I would like to believe that not everybody wants to perpetuate hate, you know? People do come from a place of love. But the reality of this is that history has put a system in place that was designed to be racist. And those, uh, I, like that ideology, right, has been put into a society and has been normalized. So to keep this fire burning, to get us to keep going, you have to keep looking at yourself in the mirror and asking, what now? What else? What more can I do? What am I not doing? What am I doing? Where, where can I be wrong? You know, you have to keep having that conversation with your family members. And just to draw it to like another point within history is like the civil rights movement, okay? Because in a sense, it's quite similar. You had leaders like Malcolm X, Angela Davis, James Baldwin, Martin Luther King, actively speaking out about the injustice that occurs within the system. And people, and people have to remind themselves that people of that time hated those people, right? But the movement kept going. It lasted over a decade, I believe. And the reason why change didn't happen after that, the reason why we're still in the same place is because people were put in uncomfortable situations in which they did not want to continue pushing, right? When those leaders were killed, right? People were like, they would look at themselves in the mirror and see what they didn't want to see, what they didn't want to see. And so they stopped looking and kept moving. Forget what you want to see. Look at what you need to see, what you have to see. Wow. If I can speak for myself here, 
the first mm -hmm. few moves that this movement recently magnified itself, I found it difficult to know where and how to use my voice. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to overstep and mm -hmm. I didn't want to speak and therefore silence the voice of someone else. But mm -hmm. once I realized that it was a collective vision, this is a collective vision, you know, <laughs> I knew that that wouldn't, that wouldn't be the problem. So I guess, I guess this question is how else can we be using our voice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How else you could be using a friend of mine recently posted um, a video and she was talking about, okay, we're at a time where a lot of us are learning a lot. We're being a lot, we're consuming a lot, a lot of content, a lot of readings, you know, a lot of videos, but what, we, what have we really learned within the week, you know, within all of this? So you have to sit, you have to come to a point where you sit down and you reflect, right? The same way as artists that we sit down after a show, right? And we reflect on where we may have made mistakes, where we did good and where we can do better. Right. The same thing has to happen when it comes to looking at the change that you need to make within your humanity. Right? It's no different. You have to sit down, right? After this entire week, right? Of seeing so many posts and so many quotes and so many videos, ask yourself, what have I truly learned? And what, do, what else do I need to work on? Because if we keep going without reflection, what are we really changing? You know? Reflection's a big word, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because it's not enough to reflect on what we see on social media, what we see on the news, everything that's happening around us, mm -hmm. when, when really a change that we can make lies right where we stand. Mm -hmm. you know, us as individuals. Mm -hmm. you know, not looking for the change that we want to happen in this country or that country, down mm -hmm. the street or on the other side of the city. It is exactly where we stand. And so mm -hmm. reflecting not only on what's happening in the world right now, but mm -hmm. what you're bringing to the world right now. That's mm -hmm. That is important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like, what are you bringing to this world? What are you bringing to the community that you, you are in? You know? I, I see it this way. Like, you cannot change the world unless you change yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. If you continue to go as life, go through life as you are with the way we have been, right? Change is not going to happen. You know, change is not going to, you're not going to change the world because you have not changed yourself because the world is already like how you are, how the system has been built. Right. So we have to change ourselves. We have to, we have to, we have to, we have to. And through that, inevitably, when you change your community, when you bring, when you raise your voice in your community, when you raise your voice in the living room of your house to your family, right, to your friend, to your boss, to the person walking down the street, you are changing the world. That is changing the world. It's not on a, changing the world should not be looked as like this significant and huge thing where you need a mass body of people to, to, to speak to. It starts with one person and it is one person 
and it goes to the next and to the next and to the next. And as you continue through your journey throughout this life, you will see that you are changing the world. It must be almost humbling. You know, you were in the protest yesterday mm -hmm. and uh, you stood with so many individuals. Mm -hmm. You walked with so many individuals. Mm -hmm. And can you talk to us a bit about what the protest was like? What was it like? What was the feeling? What was the sensation? Mm -hmm. The sensation of this of this protest was was justice, was growth, was listening, was healing. Seeing people continue to speak up and speak loud and demand action rather than empty words. It is, uh, it's the, it's the, it, it, it brings the faith that pushes you to keep moving forward, you know, the hope, right? Like, I remember seeing, um, like, Justin Trudeau was in Ottawa, and he, he took a knee with the uh, protesters, and he was, like, having discussions, and he, he was hearing them out. But as much as that is appreciated, you know, seeing that he, he, uh, he has thought he's standing with the people and hearing what they're saying, mm -hmm. that needs to be implemented into the policies that he pushes forward. Because time and time again, we have seen Trudeau speak on the injustice that happens in Canada. He has spoken to many indigenous people. He has spoken to many black, black Canadians, but he has still not put in the action. So seeing everybody being aware of this, being cognitive of this, and demanding action was, was moving, was moving. You can see the tides shifting, you know, you can see the waves pushing. And it, keep, it just wants to, it, it makes you want to keep moving and keep moving forward, keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. And as we've said, keep your foot on the gas, right? Compared to the uh, other protest, like I remember the, the first protest that I went to um, was Justice for Regis. Um, and that was like coming... I was going into that protest just like, you know, the previous days, just getting through what I was seeing, what I was reading, everything. And there was a lot of anger, frustration, pain building up inside. And I'm like, I need to move. I need to move. I need to do something. Um, and when we went to the, the protest, that one was healing. That protest was healing because... It's like you can see the people are watching, the people are listening, right? And they want to move. So it's how do we do this? How do you think we keep this sensation, this feeling of togetherness without mm -hmm. the protests? Without the protests. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The, without the protest, how do we keep the sensation going? That is that you have to keep listening to other people of colors, like Black Indigenous um, voices, right? You have to keep seeking that information, keep looking for it, keep listening, 
you know, watch those documentaries and also watch those movies and TV shows, right? A big, a big bubble of privilege is being able just to turn on the TV, go on Netflix and see a mass amount of like of TV shows that just have white people, right? Mm -hmm. By just doing that, by just seeing those stories, you are blocking yourself off from an array of humanity, voices, and perspective, and growth, right? The reason why we say amplify black indigenous uh, voices is because people need to see what is being said. They need to hear what is being said. To keep, to, to keep going without the protest is you have to keep seeking that information. You have to keep looking at those voices and what is being said uh, in their words and in their stories. And people have recommended so many documentaries and TV shows. You know, when they see us, 13th, there's something in the water. There's another a documentary by Nina Simone, you know, uh, Watch Moonlight, if you haven't already seen that. But I'm sure everyone has. Um, so many, so many. Read books by black indigenous authors, right? There's so, there's so much uh, information that you can get within those books that can help you, that can move you. That is how we keep going. Mm -hmm. Put it into your everyday life to hear the voices of black indigenous voices. Not just today, not just tomorrow, not just this week, but for the rest of your life. So with all these resources out there, with everything that surrounds us now, you know, it is easy access. You know, back in the day, it was not that easy. You know, mm -hmm. they spoke out because they felt that that was the only way that they could be heard. But now we have this platform, that platform, mm -hmm. this outlet, you know, this mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. We are able to make change simply through this conversation. Mm -hmm. you know? We're mm -hmm. able to transmit this conversation to however many people choose to click that play button. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I guess what is the, what are the next steps that we have to take in order to keep speaking out and keep being heard? You know, mm -hmm. I feel like over time momentum could still be up, but mm -hmm. people can adapt in certain mm -hmm. environments and in certain situations and start mm -hmm. to do things out. How do we not let that happen? Mm -hmm. Uh, people adapting as people getting comfortable, right? And as people uh, hearing the echoes of what is being said, but not really allowing it to settle within them and move. You can, we cannot stay comfortable. We cannot. We just can't. Being comfortable in the situation within the time is what prohibits change from moving forward. Right? Like as I said earlier, change is uncomfortable. We have to keep moving. So that means that within the times that we are in, as things uh, are changing, right? As because there's no what normal was before all this is not going to happen again, right? We are moving towards a different society, but in moving into a different society, we should continue to strive to have a different society. If that makes any sense, yeah. To continuously say, there's always more that we can do. There's better that we can achieve. The same goals that we want for, like, for ourselves, the same goals that we write down every year, saying, you know, I want to accomplish this, 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 and this, this, and this, are the same goals we have to have collectively as a society, right? Because nobody ever wants to be stagnant in one position within their lives. 
They continuously want to progress through, uh, let us say, uh, a job, their career. They continuously want to progress, right? And I remember Trevor Noah saying, like, as society, we each sign a contract, right? We rely on each other. So we have to rely on each other to continuously push ourselves to move forward as a society to bring change within this system, to bring change within ourselves. Never settle. <laughs> we cannot settle. We can never, there'll never be a point uh, in time where we're like, ah, yes, we did it. Now we can lay back, you know, and go as things are, you know, just go with the flow. That's not going to happen. It won't. It's always going to keep moving forward. And that is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's, and it's uncomfortable. <laughs> and it's uncomfortable. And there will always be something else that will be uncomfortable. Right? One thing that may be uncomfortable today will might become comfortable tomorrow. But then another thing will come up, come up again. Right? And that is just life. That is just as human beings. That's how we live. That is how our consciousness grows. Right? So we have to hold the same standards that we hold, the same standards that we hold for ourselves, but for the society as well. So in a nutshell, mm -hmm. this takes me back. I heard something in a, in a podcast this morning. Mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Bernice King, who mm -hmm. said there's a lot of heart, H-E-A-R-T, mm -hmm. heart work mm -hmm. to do. And there's a lot of hard, H-A-R-D, mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. But they go hand in hand. Because where, where there's heart, the hard work pays off, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so that really just made me reflect on that. That that brought me back to that. And and when I heard that, I was on a run, and 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 it stuck with me. It really mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And and there's power. Mm -hmm. There's power there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is there is power in the heart, you know. Uh, and putting putting that that strength to that hard work is hard work <laughs> but that hard work is what gives us heart you know it's what makes us change it's what makes us reflect it's what helps us grow right like when we think about growing up as children and we think about all the times we were wrong you know and how devastated we were you know <laughs> and we would cry and cry and cry and our parents tell us like no this is a lesson that needs to be learned Mm -hmm. There's no point in crying about it. Just move with, from it, you know, change. So the same hard work that we put in as children, then it needs to keep going. As adults, we need to hold ourselves responsible. Account accountable, rather. We need to hold ourselves accountable. Accountability is a big word that I'm hearing flying around. Mm -hmm. And I guess, what does accountability mean to you? What does that singular word mm -hmm. represent? Accountability means letting go of your ego. It means letting go of white fragility. It means listen to what is being said in front of you and do not become defensive and allow yourself to move with it, right? Holding someone accountable is making them aware of the harm that they are inflicting, you know, directly or indirectly. 
indirect pain is still pain, mm -hmm. right? So holding somebody accountable is telling them, listen, what you are doing is not right for these reasons. And you need to put in the work to change that. Right. You need to seek out the resources to change that. Right. I think a big thing from this is like being defensive puts up walls, putting up walls, boxes from change. Putting up walls doesn't help anything in this movement, in this, in this progression for where we're trying to go, right? Simply listen and hear to what somebody may be saying that is trying to hold you accountable, right? And when we talk about performative, performative allyship, some people do say, hold me accountable, right? Yeah. It's like, I want to change. Thank you so much. Please hold me accountable. But then when, but when somebody does, right? When somebody does come up and tell, tell them, hey, listen, this, this, and this is not right for these reasons, and they become defensive, it, that just means they're not putting in the work by themselves. Yeah. Right? So accountability uh, is also like you have to hold yourself to a standard in which you are putting in the same effort that you're trying to show the rest of the world to society. Um, I don't think it's even... Um you know, your job to hold us accountable. We have mm -hmm. to find the tools mm -hmm. and educate ourselves enough to mm -hmm. be able to simply hold ourselves accountable. Mm -hmm. That is our responsibility. Mm -hmm. you know, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't have to text you and say, hey man, if I slip up on social media, send me a message and I will fix it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It shouldn't even get to that. It shouldn't exactly. even come to that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Michael, are you optimistic in a time like this? Definitely. I have to be. My optimism is what keeps me moving. You know? There, I, of course, I can bring in logic into this and check my pessimistic behavior, you know, and just, like, analyze it. I can't deny that. It's a, it's a human emotion. But my optimism is what I really look at, you know, what is happening around me and how that relates to what uh, hope I may see in the future, right? Um, optimism is, I think the way that I see optimism is not something in which lies ahead and what is, and what is distant, you know? It, it lies within what I see now in the present moment, you know, and how that can inevitably move forward to something else, mm -hmm. right? So seeing people gather together at the protests, you know, seeing people constantly speak up, I can see what is there, right? And you can always read between the lines, but you can see what is there, right? If intentions are pure or not. And through that, you can see where that will lead, the realizations that will rise for that individual and collectively as a society eventually, right? Mm -hmm. My optimism is also something in which moves me to, to, to heal and bring opportunity to black indigenous voices, right? That, is, that has been the forefront of, of my artistry, of why I'm even here in the first place, right? It has been to amplify our voices to give a voice to the unheard. 
because there's so much silent violence that has been put onto these people and nobody will hear it. And that action within itself of not wanting to hear it is violent. So it's about amplifying their voices, showing their stories, not just for the people who are, are not listening, but for the people who are, in within, who are within those communities. You know, seeing themselves on the screen, seeing themselves within a story, right? So they can grow from that reflection of seeing themselves We're, we're, not, we're not just, you know, drug dealers and gangsters, right? There's so much more to our humanity that is not being shown so much. The mental, the mental illness that lies within this community, you know, the pain that they walk with, the depression that they have to carry, is a light in which is not being shown. What do we need to do to shine a light on it? What is it going to take to get a spotlight on what isn't, what isn't seen today? If we can take anything from this, like these past few weeks, is that, you know, in, in a protest, you say that people united will never be defeated. And that is the truth, right? We, the people, have so much power together, right? When we collectively push what we want to see, what we need to see, we will see it, right? Looking at organizations, whether they are performative or they're actually standing within solidarity, we can see that they're putting in an effort to raise funds, you know, and support black indigenous communities across Canada and America, right? Mm -hmm. And that is because we've been pushing for this. That is because we are in the streets protesting. That is because we are signing petitions. That is because we are constantly donating. Right? To see these stories reflected within our lives, on the screen, on the book, we have to keep pushing for it. Today, tomorrow, and afterwards. Michael, if... We're going to wrap things up here. If you could leave everybody listening off with a word, a statement, a phrase, a quote, anything, please. I'll say this. Right now, you hear my voice. You hear my peace. I'm speaking my peace. But just know this. That if change does not come within the system, I can be next. My voice can be silenced. And people like me, their voice can be silenced. You hear me now, but don't let me become an echo, you know? Let it sit with inside you. Reflect upon yourself and see where that can take you. Look at your surroundings, right? What does it say about you? Thank you for having me. Oh, Michael. Every day, I'm looking for a new way to fill myself from the inside out and the outside in with mm -hmm. more knowledge, more 
honestly, if I was to use the word, it'd be accountability. I want to be able to keep myself accountable and hold myself accountable for what mm-hmm. I do, my actions, my thoughts, my words. And so mm-hmm. I want to thank you for, for this. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it is a mountain movers tradition though. Um, mm-hmm. To, uh, I do what's called the mountain minute at the end of every episode, and so that's a rapid fire round of questions, mm-hmm. more more positive, more personal. It's just a way f- for the audience to really get to know who you are, mm-hmm. and so we're gonna get things going. And I'm gonna ask you a question at a time. You're gonna answer it, and then we're gonna see how long it takes you. Okay, let's go. This, 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 this is the mountain minute. Favorite movie? Moonlight. Favorite food? Oh, Patty and Cocoa Bread. <laughs> Go to breakfast? Oh, <laughs> scrambled eggs, oatmeal with banana and uh, apples. Nice. Favorite song? Oh, um, uh, Temptation by Joey Badass. Where did you first hear this song? Uh, at his concert. What is your guilty pleasure song? Oh my God! Uh, <laughs> what is my guilty pleasure song? Um, the Gambler, The Gambler. I forgot who made it, uh, but it's by like I think I think he's a country artist. But <laughs> favorite day of the week. Favorite day of the week. Oh man, Thursday. Don't know why, but least Thursday. Least favorite day of the week. <sighs> you know Sunday. Favorite color. Blue. Or yellow. What time, what time do you usually go to bed? Uh, 12. What time do you usually wake up? No matter what, I have to wake up at 10 or before 10. <laughs> if you could make any animal your pet, what animal would you choose? Uh, a panther, black panther. If you could change the stigma around one thing in the world, what would it be? Um, uh, that uh, the Black Lives Matter is just a uh, political movement, but rather it is a humanitarian uh, movement. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? I love myself. <laughs> I don't think I would. <laughs> that is a great answer. Great answer. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose? Damn. Uh, super strength. Super speed. Super speed. Super speed. Travel through time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sweet or salty? Sweet. Coffee or tea? I've been drinking a lot of coffee lately, but I'm usually a tea person. Rain or shine? Yeah, rain, rain. Day or night? I'm a good day. Favorite number? 21. Where do you want to travel? Uh, where do I want to travel? Um, I want to go to Asia. Thank you, Michael, again, for being here. Thank you for your time, and thank you for your voice. I hear you. Unfortunately, the last little bit of Michael's audio didn't make it through the recording process. But you know, in these times... I'm really just grateful to still be able to create conversations. Michael, your words have inspired me. So thank you all once again for tuning into another episode of the Mountain Movers Podcast. Please check out the resources provided by Michael in the episode details. Until next time, keep climbing. Love always. Cheers.